All right, hey guys. So we're here for episode two of Unpredictably Elevated. I'm Chai. And it's the kid, Redeem Rebel. And the topic today is going to be Black Identity. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so we gonna, you wanna start off? Yeah. So we're gonna start off with um, our Black History Fact. And today we're going to be talking about Ellen and William Craft. So Ellen Craft was clearly a victim of rape. Well, her mother was a victim of rape because she was born a uh, mixed child. Um, she could actually pass for white. And uh, William Craft was, was a black man. And based on the video I just watched, um, they were um, they were slaves. Um, and their slave owner couldn't afford to pay a bill. I think it was, um, I want to say the, his house. So, um, because he couldn't afford to pay the bill, he mortgaged the slaves. Mm. So, um, a new guy, another slave owner wound up buying them both. And so they got married and, um, Ellen didn't want to have children. Um, have um, slave children um, because she knew that they would be like could possibly be sold and separated from her so they devised a plan to like go up north so basically um, Ellen posed because she was fair skinned she posed as her husband cut her hair and she pretended that she had arthritis rumior, I think arthritis and she covered up half of her face and pretended to be deaf um, so that she didn't have to talk because if she talked, it would give away that she was a woman. And they traveled um, to Boston um, and basically created a life for themselves. That's just the basic synopsis. I didn't go into detail, but they basically just um, found, a, found a, a tricky way to get themselves up north. Um, and something I didn't know, Canada didn't participate in the slave trade. Um, so a lot of slaves would, um, would go to Canada, um, which I think was pretty cool. Because I would have never thought that Canada. And then when the Fugitive Slave Act um, was put into like action, if they could, like crossing the border of Canada, there was no longer in effect. It's basically like when we would, like when Asada Shakur went to Cuba. Mm-hmm. And like they just passed the um, where you could be extradited back to the states. Like they just passed that, but before like nah, it wasn't it wasn't nothing like that. So we got to give it up for Ellen and William for their creativity and their determination of being creating a life of their own and being free. So snap snaps for them, our ancestors. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stories that um, we have to basically do our own research. Um, like, black history is so deep, and we we only scrape the top of it, barely. Um, so it's nice to hear different stories and different... Um, just hear about different people and what they went through and what they had to go through just to get or try to have a better life for themselves and for their their children 
Um, so yeah, that's a really interesting history. Yeah. So we're going to um, segue into keeping it real. So involving black identity. So keeping it real, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, something that I have dealt with in the past um, is a lot of, I think we all deal with microaggressions. Yeah. Um, that's just something that's kind of normal being black. Yeah. <laughs> in America, or I guess anywhere really. Um, so something that's that I've had to deal with is my hair. Mm-hmm. I think everyone deals with their hair, especially when they're in corporate America. Um, thank you, Simba, for saying hi. Um, but definitely my hair. Um, definitely. Just being smart, like being intelligent. Um, I get that from like black people and white people. Right. So yeah, like growing up, um, you know, you would get um, just like, oh, you're being, I don't know, like I, I've gotten called like being a white girl in a black girl's body. Like that was, that was like, um, there's, I feel like there's two sides of Oreo and that's one of them. Mm. Um, so that was one of them. And then of course the other one is being mixed. They'll call you an Oreo for that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so being like, being intelligent and speaking a certain way is like an Oreo. Like something like that my partner has dealt with is they literally bought him a cake that said Oreo because he was smart. Are you serious? Yes. Because he there he was in the school he was like one of two kids or two men in 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 school. They so, bought him an actual cake that said Oreo. Yeah. And they thought they that thought that was like a cool, like cool, like you're one of like the cool people, like because we, you can blend in, right? So it's just like you have to you have to deal with that, like, yeah. and it's just like if you don't, then you're put into these stereotypes. But at the same time, the same stereotypes is, is what's differentiating between. The, the two sides which is the quote unquote good blacks and the quote unquote bad blacks so it's just like if you assimilate it's like you're assimilating because you want to get you want to have a better life you want to like not make a lot of noise you want to yeah. kind of blend in but at the same time when you're blending in that's giving them an opportunity to say that if you do start talking a certain way if you do start wearing your natural hair then you're like oh i thought you were one of the good blacks or i thought you now you know what i'm saying like so it's just like in corporate america like one time i wore bantu knots and oh my goodness i'll never forget this it was the first time i did it like outside my house because you know i was trying to get used to like i could wear my twists like if i wore just some twists out i could do that but like wearing bantu knots was something that i pretty much only did like it was like a uh, protection because you know you wear them to stretch out your hair so that when you take them down your hair is longer or whatever 
So I only did that in the house. And if I did go out, I, I like wore a wrap over, over them. But I, I would start doing them nicer. And I was like, man, this looks really nice. Like, I'm going to go. I'm, I, it could be worn like as a hairstyle. Which, I mean, it is it is a hairstyle on its own. Yeah. But to me personally, I was like, you know, I can wear this out or whatever. So I wore it to work one day. And this lady that I see every morning in the front desk, she like, she would, she had to do a double take and was like staring at me as I walked. Like it was just so awkward and it made me feel really uncomfortable. Like, I don't think I wore bantu knots like the rest of the time that I was there because it was just like, so she was so, like shocked, like, oh my God, what are those? Yeah, like, what is that? It's like, I don't see nothing about your makeup. The, is it, was it bad? It was. It was. I don't, I can't do that because that would be the same thing she would be doing to me. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to take, oh, you have to take the high road. You know, God's going to have their judgment or have, you know, the, he's the one that's going to be doing their judgment. So it's like, that's hard, but I'm human. So, okay, I'm trying. But it's it's really hard like it's hard to just live life and try to be yourself because it's human to think like it's human to react to other people reacting to you yeah so it's just like I, if i see people especially me i'm still working on you know my self-confidence i'm still working on um you know developing my intuition and just being okay with who i am as a person so I'm still working on all that stuff. So it's like when I'm going out trying to be me, I'm also a huge people pleaser. Um, so when I go out and I'm just, you know, I have my hair how I want it. I'm dressed how I want to dress or whatever. And then you see people's reactions. And it's just like, granted, they could not be thinking about me at all. That's yeah. another thing that's very human. We think that everybody's thinking about us. Mm-hmm. But when you see the reaction and you know it's directed towards you like it just it could it could go two ways you could be like you know i don't care what they think or blah blah blah. this is who i am and i'm fine with i'm completely fine with who i am but then if you're i feel like if you're if you don't have that confidence then it's like oh i don't want to do this anymore like i don't want to i'm not going to wear this outfit or i'm not going to wear my hair like this and that's what i that's what I ended up doing um but then like later on I started wearing my natural hair more um and out but I always had to have my hair covered or in some type of close to my head style because I had to wear hair nets or like a hair cover thingy um so yeah it was just hair has has definitely been a big thing um and that one is more so from it's not i don't really get that from black people that's more from white people but um things like my name or yeah yeah, like my name i get more uh, from white people as well um but like the smart thing i don't know everything obviously everything is from the white side as well but (laughs) from the black community you get I've gotten in the past I've gotten like when I was in high school I would get the whole smart thing oh you think you something because you're smart blah 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 
I've gotten that a few times and it stuck out. I still remember those moments. And it was just like, because I study, you know, because I well, from like black to, people? Yeah. Dang, I yeah. didn't really experience that. Yeah, so it's just like, eh. Then you have the, the, there was a couple like white people trying, like they were like, felt cultured, I would say. And so you would get it from them too. It's like, who are you? Like, but I was still like, at, in high school, I was very vulnerable. I was very into myself because I felt I was very like artsy, and I just like I had a couple teachers who really helped me, who really were just there for me. And I had a lot of anxiety as well because people would call me teachers, but it was like because those teachers really helped me. Like, they they knew what I was interested in, and they cultivated excuse me, they cultivated that for me. And I wasn't getting that at home. Like, um, like, you know, there was a teacher who she knew that I loved musicals and Broadway plays. And she would, she had a whole collection that she would let me borrow. And, you know, she let me have a couple, like she burned like a whole bunch of soundtracks for me. Like, she was very influential and because I was so close to her, people would call me teacher's pet and they would make, you know, not necessarily make fun of me, but it was just that type of feeling where, and, and you know, you can feel that anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, I, I needed those type of interactions and I'm glad that I did have them despite being made fun of for it. But it's just like, if you're seen as something different than the norm, it's just like, you're not and that's that's where i started seeing that you're not black enough part of part of like um i don't want to say part of me like i don't want to think that part of me is not black enough but you feel that because you're not interested in the same things that i don't even want to say a quote-unquote normal black is but it's just like they you're they they label us with urban if right. it's not urban then it's not black right so it's just like I was interested in quote-unquote white things, musicals, Broadways. Yeah, you, like, you introduced me to those because I wasn't into them. <laughs> yeah, I read so much, like reading. I mean, I don't think reading was so much because I had black friends who were, who were avid readers and I kind of clung to them as well. Um, but then it was just, I, I just, a lot of things that happened in high school, I kind of laughed when I look back, I feel there's so much hurt that comes. Like the names that I was called, um, just like things that were said to me. At, and, and in the moment, I would just laugh it off and just be like, oh, kiki, ki, whatever. Yeah, that's funny. But inside, I was just like hurting because it's just like, why are you calling me this? Like, I, like, I didn't want to say anything because I was like, oh, they're just joking. They're just jokes. But it's just like, no, bro, that shit was not okay. Like. It's just, so you get it, you get some of the stuff mm -hmm. from your black community, which is like crazy that we internalize all this stuff in, in ourselves. So it's like we're getting it from them and from the oppressor, oppressors as well. So it just like really sucks. So like dealing with my hair, dealing with um, just being interested in non quote unquote non urban things like though I think those 
basically like those shaped my identity for the longest time like and now currently you know in my late 20s i'm trying to dissect what is really me and getting back to that because i stopped doing a lot of that stuff like publicly and stuff because i was just like i don't want to be seen as not black enough like and it's just like i didn't know any of the i mean we were pretty i felt like we were really sheltered as far as black culture goes we didn't learn anything about black culture yeah like nothing at all mama wasn't really mama wasn't into none of that i think the only culture we got was when she would kind of went into the nation of islam yeah but and even, even still but i think was, the well i think what we did get was the music because we do listen to like the old like Marvin Gaye and um, Mary J and I mean yeah that's that but like that's it and that's not necessarily like I mean I feel like about it's black a, culture but I feel like music is a lot of a lot it has a lot to do with black culture but I mean yeah is, but we weren't necessarily what about conscious music we weren't listening necessarily to conscious music that was actually teaching us about like because none of that was I feel like daddy was daddy was more conscious but he wasn't he didn't really I mean he would talk about it in a way like complaining about it like like he was conscious and aware of the racism but we never really sat down and had like a conversation about it like yeah this is what you're gonna face yeah oh, well, he did with me but I guess he didn't take you aside like nobody ever took me aside. I feel like you got all the information, and I was just stringed along, strung along. Yeah, because he took me aside, and that's why I said, like in the previous podcast, I was talking about how I had the racist talk, not the sex talk, and that's true. He pulled me aside. I remember when we were living in that cul-de-sac. I can't remember the street, but yeah, we lived in lots of cul-de-sacs. Really? I think like I can remember like. His cul-de-sac and then the one we lived in. The one where we had Pal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, one day he took me for a walk and he was just telling me how this little kid called him the N-word. Um, and he was just basically explaining that and stuff. I was like, So why didn't you say anything? It was just like, Well, you can't, like, you can't really do anything because he was taught that. So his parents are if you go to his parents and say, Oh, your son called me the N-word, they're not gonna really do anything about it because he had to learn that from somewhere. And it, and more than likely, he learned it from his parents. So it's just like, damn, like this little boy called my daddy the N-word and he can't do nothing about it because his parents taught him that. And it's just like, like, wow. Like it just, it was just like. Yeah, I didn't have the sex talk, the racist talk, nothing. <laughs> Yeah, there were, well, there was a lot that went on that year, so. Yeah, and I was just oblivious to it. Yeah, I think they they were just trying to hide you from a lot of it. Yeah, and that didn't do nothing because even now, like, there's so much, so many things that I should have learned, and I didn't learn anything at all. And it just makes me resentful because it's like, well, why wasn't I? It just makes me feel like I'm not capable of holding information because. But Nobody that's told me but that's the thing. Like that's what happens, and this is off the topic of black identity. This is more into um, yeah, just yeah. Tr- just um, 
That just makes me mad children. because, like, well, we both needed to know about that. Like, right. why wasn't I told? Right. Or, and it's the thing is, is that we feel like there are certain things that are appropriate and certain things that aren't appropriate or age appropriate for children to know. But the thing is, is that we're only children for how long? We're only children for like one, I don't know, one third, one fourth of our lives. Like, like we're, we're, we're pretty much sheltered because nobody wants to talk to us about certain things. But yet when we get 18, we're supposed to know everything. We're supposed to be able to just discern how to make decisions, but we've been not been able to make our own decisions for 18 years. And now all of a sudden we're pushed into the world like, cool, you're adults. Now you can go to college, get a job, start your career, but it's like, how? We don't even know how to make basic decisions. So it's just like, I feel where you're coming from because, and, and that's something, um, that's something I definitely want to work on um, as I get, as I, you know, grow in my career. Um, because children, I don't know, I don't even like saying children because yes, okay, they are child. That's what their age is. At the time. But they're capable. If a five-year-old can learn a different language and comprehend that they, they are learning two languages, then a five-year-old is capable of so much more than we think that they are. But because we think that they're so young, okay, yes, they may not be able to comprehend deeply a subject. And that depends on the child as well. But you can still start talking to them at that age because as they get older and as you continue the conversations, they'll be able to piece together all the conversations you've had over the years. Instead of just being waiting till they're 18 or waiting till you think that they're, they should know. And they've already known. They already get the information from somewhere else. So you waited too late. Because now you have to make them unlearn. Unlearning something is so much harder than learning it right the first time. So if they had came to you and been like, you know, hey, Angela, so this is what's going on. Or this is, you know, you I may not understand fully, but this is what's happening. Um, we just want to keep you in the loop. Like, you have to keep your children yeah, in the you loop. Y'all even hear grandma dying for me. Well, I don't know why you talk to me like that, because I am not responsible no, you weren't responsible. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to deflect it. I'm like, I know it's not your fault, but like, I just that to me, I hate that because it's like, I feel like my. I don't this know is how old you were though. I was in the fourth grade. I remember that day vividly because I was Wait, so sad. Grandma. I ran into like, the closet and cried. Like, like daddy's grandma. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. It's yeah. like, and I guess maybe because they, again, they knew I was gonna cry, and I did cry, but it's like. I just, to me, like, I hate that because even now, like, nobody tells me anything. So I guess I can understand how daddy feels when he says, so y'all just was go tell me. <laughs> because it's like, I hate that because it makes me feel like I'm incapable of holding information or you don't think that my mind is articulate enough to understand. And it, I guess that's just an insecurity on me. But it's like, I hate that. Like, I didn't, I wasn't taught anything but to just not be a lesbian. <laughs> that's the only talk that I ever remember yeah that's a whole nother conversation for a different day yeah it really is but it's like that that was what was taught to me like oh just yeah that was that's the only pep talk that I got I didn't yeah. get black history I didn't or and then the good the good touch and the bad touch like that's it that's all that I remember yeah I mean I, I guess maybe I got 
who are the real children of Israel. But that wasn't really taught to me. Mom just made me watch that. And I just thought it was Farrakhan complaining about um, black men not being equal in life. And I was like, and at that time I was like, oh, we just all need to, you're just lazy and all that. But it's like now understanding now, that's not, that's not what he was saying. But it's like, yeah, even still. But you don't realize that you're, you don't even realize, it's going back to black identity. You don't even realize that you're being marginalized. Like, you don't, I, I feel like for me, like, I didn't realize what was going on. It was just me being naive. Like, I was the, you were the black girl and the white girl, a white girl and a black girl's body. I was the ghetto chick. And I guess I fit that stereotype because I was loud and just rambunctious. But that's and, not a stereotype. That's just, that's your personality. They've made it into a stereotype because it doesn't fit what they want you to be. Yeah. So, like, when we went to the same high school, I felt like we were completely polar opposites. Yeah, we but. Were, yeah. I feel like they expected me to be like you when I wasn't. It was just like, oh, da-da-da-da-da. And so it's like, okay. But although you did introduce me to like alternative music like and Broadway's because I didn't. That wasn't really my thing. But I felt like for me, that just expanded my palette. And so I used that as a form of, oh, yeah, I'm a good black because I know this, that, and the third. Even now, like, oh, yeah, I bet you don't know a black person knows about No Doubt. There's plenty of black people that know about it, no doubt. Or Alice Morissette or whoever her name is. Mm -hmm. Alice Morissette or, you know, like even me getting my degree. I felt like I was a special black because I got my degree. I'm an educated black woman. I'm I'm a part of the few, the few, um, the few black people to actually go and get their education. They come to find out there's a whole bunch of black people <laughs> that have degrees. Yeah. And I'm no different. So I think for me, that was just that's even still I try to be I try to be the good black to be to be well rounded around white people so that they'll be like oh wow you know you're not just ignorant and dumb and it's like bro like and but it's like it, you get those degrees and they can they'll still have those stereotypes in mind like it's just like yeah like how we were talking about the other day wow you're so articulate that is not a, that's not a compliment it's like so I even try to do that in my I was dumb group. like yeah, try to be the good black or try to be all wise and intellectual and stuff and try to do the most just to be, you know, it's like, I have to ask myself, am I even really being myself? So I, I can get there, like, but that's you naturally. What about if you're doing it unnaturally because you're trying to, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the ghetto black or the stereotypical black where they be like, damn, I knew all black people were the same, but then you don't want to act extra uppity to be like yeah I can tell that they're trying to be white so it's like damn yeah what do I do like how do I like what's the middle ground like being yourself <laughs> <laughs> basically it, I know yeah that is whether you're speaky bonics or I don't know I'm still trying to figure that out yeah it because it's hard because everyone's different and we've been like brainwashed to think that if we are a certain way, then, you know, then we are those stereotypes. Yeah. So it's just like when, when I'm still trying to unlearn all of that, because if I see someone who's like, quote unquote, acting like ghetto. stereotypical, yeah, ghetto, then I'm like, mm, I don't want to be around them or yeah. like basically judging them. It's just like. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have to unlearn. Yeah, we have to unlearn all of that because just like we're putting ourselves in these boxes, um, and it's it's just it's taking a turn on ourselves and on you know the people in our community, and it's just like that's not doing anything for anybody. No. Yeah, going to the HBCU like. I feel like that opened my eyes a little bit because, first of all, I was culture shocked because in, in Miami, there's nothing but, but black and brown people. Like, there's no, you don't really see fair skin at all. You know what I'm saying? So, me seeing people, like, because, you know, mama was like, oh, I don't like going to that Walmart. It's a whole bunch of black people there. And that's just the way that she came up. That's mm-hmm. the way she was raised. So, her way of, her way of seeing black people was we're different from them. Mm-hmm. You know, like... So it's like when I went to Miami and I was like, oh my God, all this weave and all these different styles. And I was like, but then you talk to people, you talk to, and I even still say them, like I'm not a part of them. Right. But seeing black people, a different side of black people, it's like these are black people that society basically cut off and said that you're not going to be nothing. But they actually went and went a step further and they're more intellectual than you would think. And the, the most intelligent people are in horrible circumstances. And they're much smarter than you would you would think because they've had to find creative ways to survive. You know what I'm saying? So going to my HBC, I see all types of people. People that you would dub fucking tattoos on their face and fucking freeform dreads are the most intellectual people that you that you will find out. And you like, damn, I didn't even know your mom was you know, I'm thinking you just drugs, guns, all the shit that I see on TV and it's like, no. It's not even like that. Like you have a heart and you're just like me, it's just your environment or your culture, your style is different from mine. And it's like, dang, but I've experienced, I've definitely experienced um, stereotypes with my hair. Like, especially when I had my, my freeform dress, like I ain't never, everybody been telling me, oh, you need to keep them neat. Oh, why don't you, even at being at work, like they're like, they would feel my hair. And I guess I felt, it felt cool being like the freak of nature like yeah I'm different ooh let me tell you I'm ready to give you all this knowledge about my hair and all of that stuff but they really don't give a damn about none of that shit bro. Mm-hmm. they're like oh your hair feels so weird and what is it like do you wash it and like I'm like yeah I do wash it don't you wash your hair yeah I do or I felt I even uh, like put those stereotypes on myself like if I will make a mistake I would think it's because of my hair it's because of the way that I looked and it's like, no, that's not it. You're human, you know? So I just felt a whole bunch of pressure. So that's one of the reasons why I cut my hair because I just felt like it was just a bunch of just burdens. And then you feel like, well, will I be accepted? Or do I really look crazy, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, I definitely want to go that route again because I feel like it's me accepting myself and accepting my hair and accepting like, myself for who who I am but I've gotten like oh you got spunk you're like Rosa Parks and I was like no I'm more like Angela Davis I bet you won't go and look up who she is because you wouldn't like her at all or um yeah my daughter got a marriage scholarship do you know what that is yes bitch I do know what the fuck that is I've got a degree do you no motherfucker you don't have a degree that's why you've been working at this motherfucking factory for six years waiting for a fucking pension that's never gonna come. That sounds personal. Yeah, it was personal. Because I was like, how dare you say, how dare you ask me, do you know what that is? Bitch, do you know what that is? 
No, you don't. I get the fuck out of here, bro. Like that was like, and then one guy, this is at the same job. He was like, yeah, your hair's not professional. Like maybe you should try to think of a way to be neat or what are you going to do with your hair, girl? Like, Ooh, your hair is real thick or, Ooh, I don't want to do your hair. Yeah. I don't know how to do your hair. And it's like, I grew up actually hating my hair. I think that's why I look forward to getting relaxers because my hair is so thick. And it's like, damn. I literally grew up hating my hair. Even now, like, I still, like, I be hiding my hair under hats and stuff sometimes. It's like, you don't realize, you don't realize that these things affect you until, like, you think about it and you're like, damn. Like, one guy, one of my, my old boss, he was like, yeah. I told him I was going to the beach and he was like, yeah, don't get darker. What? Then when I cut my hair, when I cut my dress, he was like, I'm glad you, you came to your senses because black people's hair is hard to maintain. What? Like, I didn't know these are things that you, you hear them and it's like, I think you're in, you're in shock. You don't really know, like, how to respond. Yeah, at least I didn't. I was like, because you don't want to be rude or be disrespectful, but then it's like, how dare you? Right. Some bullshit. I don't know. I really don't. It's just a lot. Yeah, and then you realize yourself that you're... I think personally for me, I'm still in the sunken place. Although I am aware of that, just trying to get up out of that. Because I still... Like, I see black people and I judge them. Or, like, I realized just recently that I still have negative connotation about brown skin. Like, if I see brown skin, I'm more susceptible to think negatively about it. And it's like, bitch, have you looked in the mirror? Like you are brown. Man, that's where the internalization, like it's it's just it's so ingrained in us. And like even, you know, when we talk to mama, like she doesn't go to certain neighborhoods, she won't go to like the black neighborhoods. Yeah, like and just being here with granddaddy on like that really that like, you can see where she gets it from because he, he, like you've seen, he calls them names, like, and it's like he separates himself from that. Like, it's like he's not that. He's definitely, in his head, he's a good black. You can tell the way he talks about other other people. And I'm like, that's you. You're talking about yourself. And he's like, ah, ah. Like, even one time, I feel like, I, I can't, I don't want to say it out of context, but I'm pretty sure he said he was white. Like, he really separates himself. And I guess from, that's what it is. Yeah, you don't see your see yourself. It's, it's like, well, then deep. who are you? But that's the thing. That's how they That's how they could do it. They separate it. The only way we can't unite is if we think that there are differences between ourselves. Then you've broken up a whole community and we're fighting against each other instead of the main problem. It's like, we're not the problem. And it's just like the, the, there's just so much. It's just like, that's why Ben Carson makes me so upset. Like, bro, you went through all of this. You went through so because you in your much. mind you feel like you're you you're good black. You're different. Yeah. And it's just like, uh. That's why I can't. That's why you have to. That's why I don't believe anybody's a coon or or, we, or there's a sellout. You can't say that because we are them. Like we are sellout. Well. I say for myself, like, 
I'm one thought away from Stacy Dash. I am Stacy Dash. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am Kanye, even though I don't believe Kanye is not woke. I believe we just, we don't understand what he's saying and we're afraid to step outside of the box and think about what he's saying because we are so quick to call each other coons and, oh, you a sellout. Oh, da da da. And it's like, Minister Farrakhan said, there was a time where you didn't know what you knew now. So you can't say that. Right. So it's like, bro. But I, I'm what I am. What I do see, mom is embracing her natural hair. Well, a little bit, a little bit more than what she did before. Even though she still says it's snappy and it's dry and stuff, it's like. But you're you wanted to grow out. You right. You're doing your little cornrows and stuff like. It's a little. It's a, a little progress. Yeah. You know, like. But. Again, like that's why I said it's, it's all there's a whole lot of generational curses because that comes from granddad. Like granddaddy calls. Yeah, remember that time we was in Thanksgiving? He's like, "Ooh, your hair is nappy." Yeah. Like just straight and, up. And so, and just think about growing up with a parent who has internalized all of those things from basically slave days. Like that, it gets passed on, 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 on. And that's why we say, like, yes, racism still exists because we're still dealing with the after effects. Like, we're still dealing with the mindsets and the brainwashing and just we're still dealing with that. We're still trying to break that now. It's just like the past three months living with granddaddy, like really seeing him, like trying to being able to hear him speak about his culture and everything and just what he believes he He does go in and out but um but it's just being able to hear him actually say it from his mouth is just like shocking but it's like it's not shocking because you have to remember where he grew up you have to remember how he grew up um just you have to remember those things and and the thing is it's like he's not going to change at this point he's 82 years old like that's all he's known and all he and all he wants to watch is cowboy movies and that just that just re-internalizes that like all the the indians are white like the um, no the indians are considered blacks technically I know, but they're portrayed by whites. They didn't really? Get, yeah, they didn't get like Indians to portray Indians. I think it was one of them where it was, where she looked Indian. They they did a real good job. I'm telling you, those those the shows he watches are so old, it's ridiculous. But um, but yeah, he there was a, a episode, and um, they were talking about um, Indians or something, and they were calling them half breeds, and I was like. Um, I was like, that's not right. Something I said, I basically was like, um, you know, the, uh, the current vocabulary for that is mixed race. And he was like, I don't care what you call it now. That's what I was, that's what I say now. And I'm just like, so if, if I married someone who was a different race and had children, you would call them half <laughs> Like animals? Yeah. And he was like, I don't care. Like that's what I call. That's what I would call. I'm just like, bro. This is just. It got me upset. I had to just pray because <laughs> I was just like, no. Like the fact that 
like you would call my children half-breeds. And then I would have to explain why their grandfather is calling them half-breeds. Like, nah, bro. And it's just like, you don't want to deny your children their experience or their memories with their grandfather. But I don't want to have to explain to them, oh, your grandfather's calling you half-breed because that's what they used to call like people who were um, different mixed races. It's just like, that would hurt my feelings as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if your parent was able to explain to you everything, I don't know. That just, to me, that was just, I don't know. But yeah, like, that was just one of the conversations I had with him. And he would call Simba names too. And I was like, bro, his name is Simba. Don't call him any of those names. And it's just like, we people have names. I don't know. If your mom called you names, cool, but you need to stop that. Why you don't like that's not okay. Like we have feelings. Do you think he can hear us? I don't honestly I don't care. Because he sits there and talks about me and talks all he wants to talk. And thinks Side he's note. whispering, so it'll be good for him. Maybe he'll actually change. Cause uh I doubt it, but you know, he's just gonna say whatever. That's another thing. Whenever I'm talking about black topics around white people, I get nervous and I want to change the conversation. Yeah, there was there was one time. It was um, I think it was me, my partner, and my cousin, and we went to like Dunkin' Donuts, and we said, <laughs> you know, style that we just be talking. And so we would sit down talking. We said something about white people. And we said like two times. (laughs) And it wasn't like something bad, but we just referred. We just, you know, how white people say black people, black people say white people. That's just, just. Is that offensive? Do you think it's offensive? I don't know. Like if we were to hear white people saying black people. I feel like my radar would go off like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, what do you say? I feel I don't, I don't know honestly. It I does mean, depend on what you're saying, but yeah. so I get it. I feel like I feel some type of when when other people besides black people say black people, and I'm like, the term is African American for you. You can't say black people because you say that freely. I don't know. It just seems like like it was. I don't know because it depends though because some people like, like watch the way like, you say that, bro. Some people just identify as black people. They don't. I didn't. They don't identify as African Americans. Like that's something that Granddaddy we've talked about as well. He, he says that he's not African-American, he's black. Because he thinks African, like, African-American is like Africans from Africa. I mean, Africa. we're descendants yeah, but from he, Africa. Yeah, but it's like some people think that, like, that's something like you're African-American. Like, African from Africa and then American. Like, you come to America, like... I mean, technically, yeah. Yes, I yeah, I understand, but <laughs> we're descendants from Africa. like you're currently you're not we're not talking about descendants. Like you're you were born in Africa and came to America. That's how some people see the the term African American. Okay. So, like for him, like it's black people. That's it. Like, so also, it really yeah. it depends on how that person identifies. But as a collective, I mean, I don't I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I, I wondered if if I came actually came from 
Africans. Like my descendants are African, but it's like my skin's brown, so I must have. Right. Um, I've toiled with the idea of doing one of those like ancestry things. Not necessarily ancestry, but what are those DNA kit things? But it's just like I feel like that's a conspiracy. Like I feel like they're just because what are they doing with all those blood samples? Throwing them away. Nah, bro. I feel like they're using them and making their own database. And that's why I don't want to put my shit in there. That's true. You're not just gonna throw away DNA samples. They're probably using our DNA to try to come up with like, I don't know. Remember that um, that movie where they used the girl's DNA or it was a clone or something like that? I mm. forgot what it's called, but it's, it was a most recent movie and Oprah was doing it. Mm, I can't it was like I heard they use her sales or something. I can't remember. Um. All right. So what you been listening to? <sighs> Bullshit. Well, recently, um, like Ari. really, really recently, yeah, Ari, <laughs> Ari Lennox. I like um, what is it, Shea Butter Cream or something like that. Yeah, you That's like the name of the like album? Shea Butter, Shea Butter Baby, and Chicago Boy. Oh no, I don't. I'm not saying I'm. That's not really the song that I like. I like Chicago Boy. I like Up Late. Um, New Apartment is cool. Um, all the songs that make me want to make love, basically. On that. <laughs> that's that's. Um, and I like a little bit of Mick Jenkins' album. I like the song he did about. Um, it's basically about consent. Mm-hmm. And he's basically saying he's not going to force a vibe or whatever. I thought that was respect. Um, but that's about it. Yeah, I haven't really been... Um, I listened to Ari's um, album, but I haven't really been listening to um, secular music. Um, I've been stuck on Corey Ashbury's Reckless Love album. Um, that's You know, that's my jam. That That's, yeah. Um... But other than that, like lately, I haven't really been listening to. I wanna. Sometimes I go in and out of secular. And I think I brought you back into the secular. Um, a little bit. I was listening to a little bit, like, cause sometimes I'll listen to like um, playlists. Like I have certain playlists, and I'll just listen to them. But I have to redo all my playlists because now that I listen to more. Christian music than I do secular so now mm. all of my secular playlists I have to kind of redo because when I go back and listen to them I'm like this is a little bit too harsh <laughs> like you start to it, it some things are still my jam but it's like some things are like wow this really wasn't my jam this maybe I was only listening to the beat because some songs I only like the beat but I don't like the lyrics so, but I still save the song because I like the, the instrumental I know I gotta yeah that's what I have to do um so yeah, I have to go through my playlist, which is going to be like a lot because I have a lot of playlists. Um, I'm going to have to go through them and like really dissect them all and just figure out which ones I can tolerate and which ones I can't. That's the only thing about like when you go, when you listen to Christian music or, you know, just positive, upbeat music and you go back to like all the other stuff, it's just like, like yeah. I can feel you. And then it puts you on a mindset, and then you're like, damn. And it's not even that. It's like, uh, I can't enjoy this. Like, certain artists, like, oh, I listen to Logic's. I tried to listen to Logic's new album. And I was just like, ugh. He's still talking about I'm black, I'm black. 
no, he's off that. Now he's like, you remember in the stars born? Yeah. And she like, she went from who she was to who they wanted her to be. That's how I feel he's in there going. Like, I don't know, like this album just didn't seem like him. Like it just seemed like, like he was just trying to be in the mix. I don't know, like it was just, that's like that new J. Cole and Young Thug song. I feel like J. Cole is so conscious, but now he's just, in that song, he wasn't talking about anything conscious. I'm like, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. But it's like also giving artists permission. I mean, we don't have to give them permission, but I'm just saying giving them um, right. the space to explore where they want to, where they want to go. But it's just like, ugh, I was listening to it and I was just like, I can't. I can't do this, like... Yeah. And then have the expectations of them. Well, for yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know. But, um... I'm still reading Think and Grow Rich. I've been reading that for, like, a couple months now. Because I put it... It's, it's so, like... I have to really think about it. So I just put it down. Like, I'll read, and then I'll put it down. Read and come back, read and come back. But, um, I don't know. You're still reading Battlefield of the Mind. Yeah, I put that down for like two days. But the last, the first time when I picked it up again, it was very, it gave me like new hope and new light. It's like, dang. So I know I got to get back to it, but I get, again, I get distracted. I mean, I think we all do, but we have to continue to be consistent and just know that it's okay to take a few days off, but know that we have to get back into it and Speaking of today, we should try not to get distracted. Today. Yeah, we. Yeah. No, there's no. We don't. We don't have a choice. Yeah. All right, so guys, that was it for episode two of Unpredictably Elevated. Um, stay true to yourself. Stop assimilating. And be honest if you are. Yeah, self-reflection is key. But don't beat yourself up over it. Just know, hey, there's always the next moment or the next minute or whatever. It's, it's okay. Like, we're human. We're going to fail. We're going to, you know, have days or moments where we don't um, adhere to what we are learning. But, you know, that's part of growth. It takes time. So just make sure you give yourself that time and that space to grow and to unlearn those things word all right so see you the next time yep we'll see you for episode three i am redeemed rebel and i am chai peace